Hello and welcome. Thanks everyone for joining us. Brent, it's early January. We've done over 100 of these recordings. I forget the exact number, but it's been two years of recording these for the AEI Premium subscribers. So thank you all for listening to these and always reaching out with ideas to helping us um, better the content and the the ways we can challenge you think about the uncertainties that we're facing. So Brent, happy new year. Hope you had a great holiday. I have to say before we kick, I'll save it to the end, but we have a whole lot of new questions here for the forecast network. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but Brent, before we dive into that, let's recap the feds conversation and where things have happened since the fed met in December. Yeah. Happy new year. It's hard to believe we've done a hundred of these. That didn't sound right when you said it, but I guess that's, we have time really flies. So yeah, I think the, one of the biggest news items in the economic space, I guess, is the minutes from the Fed meeting came out since we've talked last. And, uh, you know, the market was a little freaked out for a little bit about what those minutes said, suggesting that maybe the Fed is maybe a little more hawkish than uh, I think everybody thought. And uh, I think the comments kind of made it pretty clear are going to you know, move toward tightening and raising rates. And so that I think was pretty big news. So we just had the forecast network question closed. I want to jump over to this one. And it was the question of, will interest rates get raised? And so in 2021, and that didn't happen. And so the specific question we have is what's the probability of the Fed funds target rate? And there's a range in there. So we looked at the upper limit being raised above 0.25%. Um, this was a humbling one for me. I don't know how you did, Brent, but um, my score was the 37th percentile. Uh, we wrote an always learning for this. And in the always learning, um, encourage you to check that out. This was one of those questions that in March and April, lots of folks were reaching out to us and saying, there's no way the Fed could raise interest rates or the Fed absolutely has to raise interest rates. And we talked about this. I think in the article, about 25% of folks uh, had a forecast above, uh, a quarter of folks had a forecast of greater than 70%. I was in that camp. And about a quarter of folks had the forecast of less than 10%. So this is one where I had to change my expectations quite a bit. And one of the lessons I, I left learning, hopefully, is if somebody would have told me that interest rates or inflation would have been above 5% in November, which it was, I would have said, oh, the Fed absolutely has to raise interest rates. But I would have been mind locked and sort of day trading on monthly data. And the Fed has done a really good job of telegraphing that they were looking you know, for sustained inflation. They wanted to see it sort of stay up and stay a little bit sustained. And this idea of they were going to slowly taper their stimulus activities. And so I guess it, early on, I was confounding my expectations of inflation with what I thought the Fed was going to do. And I just wasn't listening to the Fed. So Brent, I share this because you just mentioned the Fed sort of shifted its tone a little bit in December. And I think that's really important for us to to think about. Yeah. So I, I did a little better on that. Interestingly, I started out with a very low probability and then increased it quite a bit when things were really starting to pick up and then cut it way back. I think one of the things when you think about it in retrospect, this question in particular probably shouldn't have forecast very high because you know the Fed's still got the quantitative easing or you know whatever they're calling it to kind of get unwound first before they can raise rates. Uh, I think it, it, not, 
not that they have to, but that's probably the path they're going to go is to wind that down, get that wound down and then raise. So, you know, if we kind of learn some lessons about it, um, that would be one of the lessons I would take away is to, to think through all the things that are going on with the Fed uh, and don't just do the type, you know, level one of, yeah, they're probably going to have to raise if interest rates are up. Well, it's complicated. They had other things they had to watch too. So, you know, that's a good, good learning lesson to think about. Um, but now that inflation is, you know, pretty you know, there's inflation. I don't think anybody's out there saying there's no inflation now. Um, even the people that um, were pretty confident as very short term are now, you know, shifting the horizon a little bit. Say, well, we still think it's you know transitory, for lack of a better word, but it it's not going to last that much longer. You know, I, th- I think starting to feel like everybody's coming around this idea that there's inflation the Fed's probably going to need to do something about it uh in the next year so brent i've been getting a lot of questions on the road as we're doing some presentations from great audience questions and one of them i'm getting a lot is you know what's gonna happen with interest rates in 2022 and so you and i've brainstormed a lot about this and it's sort of a multi-dimensional question and so we have uh, a series of new forecast network questions and we're going to talk about a few of them today but the three that I want to focus on right now are the three that we've posed with respect to interest rates. And I think I'll summarize the big picture before we dive into the questions. And the big picture here is, I think there's three ways to think about the interest rate situation is one, does the Fed increase the funds target rate in 2022? Uh, second of all, do they increase it a significant amount? And the third point is what happens in the long-term maturity markets or long-term rates. And I think agriculture is more linked to these long-term rates, especially if you think about farmland real estate, the long-term rates have more of an impact on agriculture than necessarily those short-term rates. So let's talk about each of those questions individually so you can follow this along. So the first one is, what is the probability of the Fed funds target rate as reported um, by the the Fred database being raised above 0.25% on or before 6-30-2022. So we put a six-month sort of burn on this question. Again, I made this forecast. I put mine in at 60% and I had to chuckle to myself because I'm like, well, here I am again. I just wrote the always learning about how I was day trading this information. Then I put it at 60% forecast. So we'll see how this pans out. But that's where my starting point is. Uh, the consensus, you know, a few of you have already logged on to forecast about 72% chance of happening. But first of all, think about, you know, the Fed is the Fed going to make a movement in the first six months of the year? I think that's the first question. Yeah, and, and I I'm even higher than you. You know, my my read of that is that they will probably make a move before June 30th. So I I have like 80 percent, which might be maybe too high, uh, but you know it, it seems to me they're telegraphing pretty clearly. Now the reason that's probably too high is there's a lot of things that can go wrong for the economy between now and then and in six months is really not that long a time either there are things that could happen uh economy-wide to slow things down a little bit and make them not want to raise so i uh, may be a little too high i like your forecast on that i'm below the consensus now i, I feel the need to raise it a little bit because I'm, I'm at the consensus but i'll keep i'll never forget somebody this last 
six months, Brent, told you and I together, like, oh, yeah, we're only one black swan away from needing to stimulate the economy. It's like, oh, yeah, like six months is kind of an eternity in the current world that we're living in. The second question that we've posed with respect to, you know, the issue number two is how significantly does the Fed raise rates is what's the probability that Fed fund target rate, the upper limit again, being raised above 1.75% before the end of the year. And again, that's 150 basis point increase, which is a huge movement that will really capture uh, attention. Um, you know, I started here at a 40%. Uh, I'm probably too high. I probably want to lower that a little bit. Uh, the consensus is closer to 30% for this one. So, um, you know, part of these questions, if you don't know where to get started, is just to make a forecast, see where the consensus is and dial it in from there. Your first forecast isn't, you know, you're not, you know, committed to that for forever. The whole idea here is to upgrade your thinking or to, um, recalibrate as new information comes available. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm at 30%. Uh, that's a big move. That would probably be three rate hikes, uh, unless they would go more than 25 basis points in any individual hike, which I, which again, these are the things we need to, you know, you look at, if you want to kind of calibrate that, go back and see, you know, how many times does that happen in a 12 month time span? Um, my initial thought was uh, lower than that, even because in part the, on this side, I kind of see, you know, all the things that could go wrong and saying, oh, I think they're gonna have a hard time raising that much. I think that will cause some turmoil. So we'll just have to see. I'm a little bit, I'm at 30%. The question here is how good does the, did the brakes work? And so if they start raising interest rates and inflation continues, they're going to continue to raise them. They're going to have to follow them up. So we'll see how that, that plays out. So the final question here, um, what's the probability of the 10-year treasury constant maturity as reported by the Fred database exceeding 3.5% by the end of the year? Um, I'm at a 56%. The consensus is much, much lower, 35%. This is one where I kind of had to put a flag on the ground. I need to upgrade my thinking or I need to really think a little bit about this. Um, here's that data set. So um, 3.5% is a huge number. It's way, way up here. This was for context. We didn't get there back in 2018 or 2019 when you know Jay Powell was getting tweeted at that he was, you know, should be fired. But Brent, I want to point this out and then I'll let you talk. The 10-year treasuries were at December the 2nd at one point, I can't really zoom in enough, is about 1.3%. If I can get my dot, yeah, 1.35%. That was right around there in the Fed meetings. And so the Fed hasn't raised interest rates, but look at what happened to this particular treasury, this long-term rate. It's now at 1.74%. So it moved 400 basis points uh, or 40 basis points, 40 40 basis points uh, before the Fed has even made any changes. I think this is one thing that I really hope that listeners and followers of our work can really keep in mind is that we get hyper-focused sometimes on is the Fed going to move? Is it not Fed watch? You know, the ticker tape and the, the alerts and the breaking news, but the interest rate markets that impact agriculture and all of us trade on a daily basis and they move a lot. So that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a lower, I'm at 25% on this. That's a, that would be a really big move in that market. Um, and it, it would, to me, imply that a lot of things are going really well. But, you know, there's lots of debates about this is, you know, with the Fed 
backing off the quantitative easing, you know, and letting things run off, it should impact the long-term rates. But I mean, uh, that would be a substantial, substantial move. And the reality of it, when we think about it, so if we get out of kind of this daily, what are the implications? And so I think in the short term, the budget implications for farms and agriculture are very small. So we're not thinking about huge hits to bottom lines from this. But the longer term implications, I think, could be substantial. And that's where the impact of these rates would feed into asset markets. And that that is the thing that could have the biggest impact. And uh, that's why you see the stock market so jittery right now with changes in these interest rates and valuations. You know, we are at those ultra low interest rates and movements away from them could have bigger impacts, but I think it's a, it's a longer term impact as opposed to, you know, tomorrow, but it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. I think Brent's way we've been thinking about this is um, it's important to watch in 2022 because the, the way things play out will have a long tail. They'll be impacting us in the long run. And so if we had a short one watch list, interest rates and inflation might be a little bit lower, but if we had a long-term watch list, it would be a little bit higher on the list because of the long run nature of how these things might play out. So there are several new questions out there. Of course, we're thinking about the planting debate, the winter wheat. Let me scroll up to that. The winter wheat, what was that acreage at? Here it is. Got to find the winter wheat one, but the winter wheat report is going to come out soon, and that'll be important to keep an eye on. There, as, it, is right there. there it is, yeah. Um, so, will winter wheat acres exceed 35 million? That report is going to come out uh, here soon. I think that's going to be the first shot for the acreage debate. I am uh, above the consensus on this one. I've been above the consensus. I'm at a 91%. That'd be a lot of winter wheat. Of course, my uh, I do some traveling around the Corn Belt or the Great Plains, so that was heavily biasing me. Uh, so we'll see how that one plays out. But a lot of uncertainty. Encourage you to get out there, make some forecasts, and uh, learn some things along the way. The last thing I want to mention here, and uh, before we wrap up, is several several years ago, uh, and I actually know where this piece of paper is. It's kind of one of those odd pieces of paper I keep my my hand on over the years. Brent handed me a note when we both worked at Purdue. And it was, you know, an article that he thought was really good. And I, I choose not to overread into what he was trying to tell me when he gave me this, but it was Jim Collins had this great article about the stop doing list and sort of this idea of New Year's resolutions and one of the things that you stop doing. And at the beginning of all my notebooks, I start at the beginning of the year, a stop doing list. I'll include a link to that article in the transcript here so you can go find that. But I always start at the beginning of the year writing down some things that I said no to. I don't stay too committed to that goal. I forget. But it is helpful at least to look back at the beginning of the year and say, what are the things that I said no to? And I guarantee you there aren't very many on that list that you say, man, I really wish I would have taken that on. And, and you know, opportunities are tempting a lot of times to say yes. And so the stop doing list is often very helpful for me. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's one of my favorite articles. And I think it's one of my favorites because I'm not very good at uh, following it. Certainly need to like take your advice and do a similar approach like you're doing. That's really good. I think it's like all those things, if you do that, it can be really powerful and helpful and uh, we need to force ourselves to do it. So 
I'm glad you brought that up because I'd kind of forgotten about that article. It was one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for me personally, saying no to opportunities is a really hard, really hard thing to do. And so uh, in the practice of sort of keeping a note is helpful or making those notes because then you kind of reward yourself like, oh, I said no to this. That's like, I got one more thing on my list at the end of the year. So, Um, but no. Anyway, well, thank you all for joining us. We'll, of course, uh, keep writing content, keep uploading questions, and keep recording these uh, weekly videos. So stay curious and stay in touch. We'll see you soon. Thanks.